Good morning, and we are joined at this time by the mayor of the city of Batesville, Mike Bettis, for his monthly visit. Good morning to you, Mr. Mayor. Good morning. How are you today? Fantastic. And how are you, sir? I'm very good. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Well, it's always a pleasure to have you on the air with us uh, each and uh, every month. And, of course, uh, this is our uh, monthly recap of the uh, Batesville uh, Board of Works and City Council meetings. And, of course, we'll start out with the Board of Works. And uh, per usual... Uh, the Board of Works uh, tackled uh, some uh, parking lot usage uh, requests and also some uh, street closure requests. And you had uh, three of them this time, as opposed to seems like there's usually five or more. Yeah, I, I think last month we had five different requests. And so now's probably the time when they will start slowing down a little bit because obviously the weather will change and there won't be as many outdoor activities. But we still have things which are coming up. And so of the three, I think the first one from Monday night was the uh, VFW was looking to have their uh, trunk or treat event uh, to be held on Friday, October 28th from 5 to 7.30 p.m. in the Village Green parking lot. And so I call it the Village Green parking lot. It's for the last year and a half, it's been where we've had the Umbrella Sky Mm -hmm. uh, art installation from the Batesville Area Arts Council. And so they want to use that same parking lot. And and so that is a really convenient space for them and for the city. And so they'll be having their uh, trunk or treat then on Friday, October 28th in the Village Green parking lot. And then we we also got a request from the uh, from the YMCA, and so they've had a, a 5K, 10K event that they have had for many years uh, that they call the Turkey Trot, which they have on Thanksgiving morning, and uh, I've actually run in it uh, a couple of times over the years, and uh, and so they want to have a different use a different route this year. So for many years they have run the same route, where they literally have run the 10K down Highway 129 uh, from the YMCA and just run due south on 129 for uh, five kilometers and run back for for their 10K. And then the 5K then went down 129, then broke off um, to the east and then went into Hillendale and they ran around uh, some of the city streets in Hillendale. And so this year they wanted to try something different. And so they're, they're actually going to start this year over at Liberty Park instead of starting at the YMCA and they're going to start in the pavilion and then they want to use some of the um, existing trails and, and, and a portion of the new trail that's done and so they, uh, they're going to be doing that then on again that's Thanksgiving morning so that's Thursday November 24th and, and so this will be um, a totally new route for them and so th- that 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 got approved also. And then the last one then was a re- request from the Batesville Area Arts Council to be able to extend the usage of that same uh, parking lot where they have the Umbrella Sky project at. They want to extend it for a, an additional, I think it's four months. Yeah, through March 3rd. Through March 3rd. And mm-hmm. so they, they will be, um, at some point soon, they'll be taking down the umbrellas and then we'll, we'll be replacing it with a winter um holiday season uh light like they did last year and so the city and the batesville area arts council are are working together on pulling together a winter light uh, thing to have and hopefully they'll have that opened up in time for when the chamber has their the ch- and the city has their tree lighting ceremony 
um, in the first week of December. And so that too was presented and then also passed. So th those three events will, are all coming up here in the next few weeks. Okay, in which uh, we uh, shift to the uh, city council meeting. And uh, you had a, a couple of uh, resolutions that are actually uh, tied together because they're part of the budget process. Uh, one involving appropriations and tax rates for 2023 and then appropriations reductions for 2022. That's right. And so this is really the kind of the final step uh, for city council as far as putting together the budget for the for next year for 2023. And, and so council has had uh, um, we've talked about in the past about raises for our employees because probably the single largest expense that the city has is is employee expense and so that has was approved last month and so that then gave paul the opportunity then to build out the rest of the budget for 2023 and so he's got he's gotten that done and so then this is kind of the follow-up to it this sets the uh tax rates and sets the appropriations and for 2023 and so council heard that resolution and approved that resolution. As a part of that, there is a, um, to build the budget for next year, we had to pull money out of this year's appropriations, 2022 appropriations, and say, we're gonna hold this money back and not spend it this year and make it a part of the budget for 2023. Uh, and so it's approximately a million dollars yeah, approximately a million dollars, just over a million dollars for the three different funds. And uh, so we have done this each year that that I have been involved with this and we have where we have lowered the appropriations for this year so we could save the money back and hold that for next year so that we then would have um, those funds available for for the 2023 budget. And so this is it was more of a paper shuffle than anything else, but it is a necessary step so as to make the budget balance so that we can then um, um, present the budget to the state. And I believe um, Paul's already got that done. And so we will that's already been put into the system. So we will send up up to Indianapolis or actually to the county and to Indianapolis for them then to review and then hopefully bless and then we'll be ready for next year all right and of course uh, paul is uh, of course the clerk treasurer paul gates and then uh, with that we're gonna go ahead and take a quick time out we'll continue our conversation with batesville mayor mike bettis right after this don't adjust your radio. The sound that you hear is your stomach. You're having trouble focusing. You can't recall your last meal. You're trapped in the hunger zone. The solution, Batesville to go. Let to go deliver a hot, fresh meal to your home or office whenever hunger strikes. To go delivers the best food from local restaurants. Visit us online at togodelivers.com or call us at 812-727-8800. Batesville to go. Big city convenience, small town taste. And welcome back as we continue our conversation with Batesville Mayor Mike Bettis. And uh, Mr. Mayor, another thing was a, an ordinance uh, that was presented for the first time. And this is part of the uh, city court discussion that, that we've talked about in uh, the last several months. And uh, you kind of walk us through uh, what we uh, uh, dealt with on uh, Monday night. Yes. And so uh, this has been kind of a slow process. It, um, um, it came up a number of years ago that uh, there was a question about the need and the amount of usage for the Batesville city court. Uh, there are not, 
not as many city courts today as there used to be 10, 20 years ago. Uh, Batesville still has one. There was a question raised a few years ago about is the money that is spent on the city court appropriate for the amount of usage, and is there other um, other ways to use those funds on another project or for something else? And, and so it came up a few years ago, um, and we did some quick research maybe three years ago and, and realized that you can only uh, have these discussions. You can only dissolve a city court in very uh, very specific years. And so the year 2022 is one of those years that it, you're allowed to either open a city court or to close a city court. And so uh, it has been in the background for a few years, and so it came back to life this year. Council wanted to have this discussion again. And so we, uh, unfortunately, this the state laws are very clear on how you do it, but it it was not a very open, it was not a very transparent process. And so we've done our best to try to make sure that people are aware of it and that it wasn't just done without people knowing about it. And so we've kind of slow played it and it's taken us a few months to get some traction, to get some people to realize that this was going on in the background. And so we are, and so uh, the last two months we've talked about it. We asked for input from the community. Uh, um, surprisingly enough we did not get a lot of input we've gotten it some has dribbled in and so we've gotten some input over the last uh, i'll say 30 days or so and so that's helped council members uh, get their heads around where how they feel about the court and how much it's used and and the need for a court or not a need for a court and so uh, they asked to have an ordinance pulled together brought to brought to be brought to them and so Monday night was the first reading of that new ordinance. And so when there's an ordinance that has to be heard twice by city council and or that is the, the normal process for it to be heard twice. And so this month then was the first reading of that ordinance. And then they'll take it up a second time then in November, which is when they will have the final vote on either to keep the cart court or to disband the court. Uh, and so we. We didn't get a whole lot. We got a, we've learned a few new things over the last month. There was a question that came up about what happens with city ordinances. Uh, if there is a infraction for a local ordinance, how would it be heard if we no longer had a city court? Today, if we had an infraction um, that needed to be adjudicated, we would take it to the city court. But if we did away with the city court, where would those cases go? And so there was... A lot of discussion about what happens to it. Does it stay? Does it go? Does it get passed on to the, uh, I'll say the county courts or the court, either the courthouse, either in Versailles or in Brookville, or does it just fall off and and it's not heard? And so we um, were able to determine here in the last week or so that note that those cases can be heard by the, by the courts in both Brookville and in Versailles. So uh, that answered one question. There is a process for those cases to be heard. And and so now it's a question for council to determine, you know, how they feel about um, it is a service that we provide to a lot of lo- to local businesses, local groups that need to ha- um, have have a, a situation where they like to have it um, go through the court system. And so. Uh, they're trying to balance the cost of that court 
versus the um, how easy it is to use our court. It's not we're not busy. The court here is not very busy, and so it's easy to get cases into the court, have them heard quickly, and then have them uh, settled more uh, in a more timely fashion. What they can be either in Brookville or Versailles. It's not a knock on those folks. It's just that we have so few cases that it's easier for our court to to take them on quickly. So uh, we had the first reading and then they'll come back. We'll come back next month and then have an opportunity for it to be heard the second time and then for counsel to take action on if they want to keep the court uh, or if they want to dissolve the court. Okay, and then uh, looking at the ordinance, that um, is uh, the languages that um, whether to um, dissolve the city court. So if um, it, uh, you know, for example, somebody votes yes, they uh, they vote to dissolve, and then uh, somebody votes no, they uh, vote against dissolution. Yeah, that is correct. Yeah, the vote the the ordinance is written in a fashion for it to be to dissolve the city court and to delete chapter thirty seven of the city code, which is the code and uh, part of our book that then oversees the court. So that part uh, will, it will, it will have taken us some time, but we've been trying to go slow. So we have the, everybody has an opportunity to get their two cents in to uh, share with us uh, how they feel about it and how often it's being used and is, is providing the service for the people of Batesville. And so that will be heard then next month. All right. So uh, we'll definitely uh, be uh, be one thing on our radar for for next month, both from a a, a government's uh, perspective and also from a a local press perspective. Yeah. And and so just to make sure that we're clear about Mm -hmm. this. And so it would not be dissolved immediately. And so what it truly says is that we would continue to have the court if they would vote to dissolve, the court would stay in effect and would stay um, active until the end of 2023. And then on January 1st of 2024, then it would be dissolved and wouldn't and would be out, could potentially be out of service. And so that is um, no matter what the vote is, the court will still be in place for throughout the year of 2023. Uh, but then it started in 24, then it it. it potentially could or could not be in, in existence and of course uh, you mentioned the years that uh, it can any action can be taken on it is uh, of course this is uh, the year before a uh, city election so right. that's uh, and then uh, that way if it is dissolved it is not on the ballot for uh, voters in the city of batesville but if it is retained it will still be on the ballot that is exactly right that's a great way to sum that up right. thank you all right well, that worked out well well thank you sir <laughs> yeah <laughs> thank you for the uh, that and then uh, another item was the uh, ADA uh, transition plan, and uh, of course, uh, is rather timely because of all the um, uh, work around town with the uh, the curbs and gutters and so forth. Yeah, and so if, if if you've been paying attention around what's happening in downtown, I think most everybody has been that uh, there's been a lot of construction. The, s- the state of Indiana um, did did their project finally of of mill of repaving 229 through town and as a part of that project then it also included um to do a lot of work around the sidewalks and what i call the the ramps that uh, people use to cross the street they go down a ramp and and so it's all part of of uh, 
a piece of federal legislation that was passed. I want to say it was back in the early 90s. Yeah, 1990. Yeah. yeah, I think it was 1990. And so American Disabilities Act, ADA. And so it was legislation that was passed uh, 30 years ago that said cities uh, or that buildings and roads and streets all had to be built uh, to make sure that we are making them accessible for people with, with disabilities. And so they had very precise rules about uh, doors entering into a building, how wide they needed to be, how where the pole handles would be located, what kind of, uh, how the door should be constructed so someone could get a wheelchair through it or get through it with, with um, either a cane or with uh, a- any kind of uh, mechanism to support them, a walker. And so there was all these things that were a part of that ADA legislation then that were put in place. And it was done in such a fashion that it did not say you had to have an end date. It did not say that all buildings and all all sidewalks had to be done, had to be fixed and meet the requirements of the ADA law by a certain date. There was not a drop dead date that said you had to have it. it what it said is that you had to work towards getting these things done. Now, there was language in there that says if you're doing a renovation of a, of a building and you're going to replace a door, then you and you, then you would have to make sure you had some entrance on your building that met the ADA requirements so that there was a way for people with disabilities to get in and out of public facilities, public buildings. And so, again, there was not a set date. It said you had to work towards this. You had to work towards this goal. The city of Batesville had put together a document back in 2013 in regards to uh, an update for where we were with making the transition of our buildings from meeting, to meet the ADA requirements and then also the sidewalks to meet ADA requirements. And so it hadn't been updated in, since 2013. And this year, the Indiana Department of Transportation decided they wanted to include in their requirements to get money from the state for either community crossing projects or for federal road funding. They said, if you want to qualify for those projects, you need to have an up-to-date transition plan for your eight for ADA so as to qualify for it. Prior to this, you had to have an up-to-date uh, asset management plan, or you had to have an up-to-date rating of all your roads to see where you literally went out and you looked at each road and said, this road is in really good shape, and so it, it scores a 9 or 10 on their scale. Or you look at a road and say, oh, no, this road is, is needs, some, needs some help. It's in disrepair, and it only rates a 4. And so they, they have a very profound... Uh, a really set rubric that says here's what you have to here's what how you rate the roads and so we had to have that kind of a plan for all of our city streets prior to this and so this is a new layer of requirement that we had to have so we could qualify for, for community crossing grant money and so we've been very lucky we've gotten more than our fair share of money from the uh, from NDOT to do a lot of roads local roads for us to be to qualify for next year, we have to have this ADA plan updated, and so uh, we've gone through all the hard steps. It's an 84-page document that uh, shows our buildings, the, uh, the buildings which are owned by the city, and then it also shows some curbs and gutters around town, and it has a listing of which ones are in good shape, 
and which ones have been updated and which ones still need to be addressed at some point. And so we had a public hearing then on Monday night where we said, this is available. So we've put that document on our websites, on the front page of our website. We've also have it available for people to come in and, and see a printed copy if they'd rather do that. Uh, there's a copy of it um, upstairs in the street department, and there's uh, also a copy of it in um, the clerk treasurer's office, Paul Gates' office. And so they're open for people to come and look at, and we will accept comments. And, you know, if somebody says, hey, this looks good, but we wish you had more about this, or if there was some something that we're missing, that this is an opportunity for the public to have some input saying, yep, uh, we think you should address this in the coming years. And so that's all part of this 84-page document. And so we'll take comments for the next couple of weeks, which is per the state law, mm-hmm. and then we'll be ready to then, if it meets everyone's requirements, and then we'll take it up as a resolution to approve the transition plan, and then we'll uh, be be able to qualify for community crossing funding and also federal funding for road projects in the future. And then, uh, of course, the uh, the mayor's report, uh, per usual, uh, uh, but uh, two items that are um, seem to grab a lot of people's attention. That's leaf collection yes. and uh, heavy trash pickup. Yes, and so things that affect everyday life, right? Yes. These are things that um, are important to all of us. And so, uh, and so it's kind of a big deal, and we spend a lot of time doing uh, picking up leaves. I know homeowners spend a lot of time raking leaves and cleaning up their yards and getting the leaves out uh, to the road, hopefully not on the road. But we like to get those leaves as close to the road as possible, but not onto the road um, so that we can come by with we have a piece of equipment then that will literally suck up those leaves right off your grass. Uh, If they're brought up close to the curb, we'll come we come by. We have a route that we go through. And so we will start that process, and this Friday, which is Friday, October 14th, we'll start that pro- process of then uh, having a service for um, citizens of Batesville, homeowners, to um, put their leaves out, and we'll come by and pick them up, and then we dispose of them properly. Uh, and so then that it, it, it's kind of a big deal. I know I'm one of those who rakes my leaves, and we'll take them out and what we ask people to do is not to put them in the not to put them down in the curb or in the gutter because if it rains then those leaves and wash down into the stormwater system and clog up pipes we'd prefer to have those leaves just on the edge of your yard above the gutter so that when we can come by easily get to them suck them up in the vacuum and then take them away and of course uh, the final uh, heavy trash pickup of uh, 2022 that's right. And so this is one that is uh, happens four times a year. And so the next one is Saturday, November 5th. And so the uh, Rumpke will come by and they're normally here bright and early uh, before the sun comes up. They'll be here normally around 5 a.m. on Saturday the 5th to start uh, doing that large trash pickup. The thing I would encourage people to do is if you're putting out a mattress or if you're putting out a chair or you're putting out a sofa, that you wrap it in plastic because if you don't wrap it in plastic, they won't pick it up. And so that I know that's an area that causes the most frustration for people is they put something out and then it doesn't get picked up. And it, generally the number one culprit is people putting mattresses out and they've not been wrapped in plastic. And so we have instructions for that on our website 
uh, you can go into the, the city of Batesville website and it we have a complete listing of those items that they will pick up and those items they won't pick up. If it's electronics, if it's stuff like that, they will not pick those items up. Uh, those need to be disposed of with the uh, recycling center properly. Um, and they have their own, they have business hours for the recycling center, which is out there next to our street department off of John street. So, that morning of the 5th is, uh, or actually the night before Friday night is somewhat of a fun night because there's normally a lot of people driving around in their trucks who are looking to pick up a few items and think they might be able to fix something up or pick something up and use it <laughs> themselves. So uh, just know that that is coming. And, and if you're like me, uh, uh, like us, I said, my wife and I, we try to get the garage cleaned out ever so often. And so if you can think about it now start planning on when you want to get your if you want to get your garage cleaned out the week before and start getting those items set aside so you can get them out on friday night so they'll be picked up on saturday morning all right so again that is november 5th for heavy trash pickup the last one of the year in the city of batesville and of course the uh, city of batesville website batesvilleindiana.us yes thank you you're welcome and uh, we thank you uh, mayor mike best for joining us once again this month and uh, take care and uh, we will see you down the road all right you have a great day thank you